This is it. Here we go. Episode number 217 of No Laugh Track Podcast. We're here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. My name is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, for letting us play your music there at the beginning. My guest this week, uh, I looked back, it's almost been two years, not quite, almost. 23 months. (laughs) 23 months, to be more exact. He was here for No Laugh Track, episode 121. Here we are, 217. About that. Brian McKim is here with me. Here we are. Here we are. Happy to be here. Yes. Almost didn't make it, but I made it. (laughs) No one knows about that. (laughs) No one knows about that. Um... I listened back to the episode we did 23 months ago. Glad somebody did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was really good. I, I, want to, uh, I don't always go back and listen to them, and oh, especially not... Um, Why was almost, I so lucky? I, because it's because it's been almost two years, and I want to remind oh, myself okay. of some, some of the things we talked about. There and I want to give you a 23-month-later thank you for <laughs> being such a good storyteller last oh, time. Good. Oh, my. How about yeah. that, yeah? Uh-huh. Uh, I wish I remember what I said. <laughs> I should have reviewed it. You should give me notes. Damn it. <laughs> here's uh, here's the transcript. I had it, yeah, I had it right. written out here. <laughs> no, um, but we got to get on some updates on what you've been doing. Let's do it. Let's see. So, so. last time we talked, the, we talked about your book. We talked about. Well, I will say one thing. I think. You recorded last time you were here, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Yes, 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 yes. Because, let's start right there. That's available now. Oh yes, it is available. Yeah. Uh, Available at fine stores everywhere. It's uh, it's called Comedy for Relaxing, and, and it, uh, it was recorded here. And it's one whole long take from uh, one of the shows. I, it, it was such a rat's nest of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, material. I had I had recorded using my little mini disc recorder and a lavalier, and I recorded also using a little tiny uh, little tiny digital recorder and whatnot, and. Uh, I got home and finally decided to, uh, you know, get it all together, and it was a it was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to match up one audio with another. I like trying to make like two audios together and stuff like that. Oh, and it was just miserable. But anyway, eventually I settled on the one set, which was a great set. I had wonderful sets the whole time I was here. I think it's like fifty nine minutes long, and uh, you know, there's you can hear you can hear the waitresses and you can hear bottles dropping and you can hear uh, you know people. But, yeah, uh, it's and it's I I, I was going to ask you about that. Do you I, like that? I'm not making yeah I'm not making any uh, excuse. Here, I actually do. I actually do think what I tried to achieve, and this this venue is perfect for recording a CD mm-hmm. because it's got this low ceiling and it's not that wide and it's not that deep. It's just I think the perfect dimensions for a stand-up comedy club, and uh, I think uh, the way I recorded it reflects that. And you really get a feel, you know, if you listen to it. In fact, it's funny at the very beginning of it, I had a lavalier on, or I had it in my hand, I forget which, and um, I'm standing back there, and you can hear Earl, Earl Elliott. You can hear him begin to introduce me, and it's muffled. And that's because Earl's on this side of the curtain, not on the other side, you know. And then you hear, you hear the oh. audience response, and you hear the audience get larger as I come through the curtain. Yeah, I listened to it. I noticed that. Yeah, oh, you did listen to it. Okay, I cool. did, yeah. And uh, so it's, it's pretty funny. You know, people might think, oh, that's a mistake. It's not really a mistake. You know? I remember Mitch Hedberg uh, talking about recording at the stop in Houston, the comedy stop in Houston. And he said, you know, what he tried to achieve was that he just wanted to do one whole take and leave the mistakes in there and leave the, you know, the jokes that don't fly in there and everything like that. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I can't recall ever listening to the CD, but I, I should 
I should get a copy of it and try to listen to it because I think that's I think that's what that's that's a fun thing about about a uh, about a, a comedy CD. You know, you listen to it and you, it's like being in the being in the front row. So. Yeah. Do you do you have physical copies you brought here to? Yes, I did. By God, to Minneapolis. I don't, I don't have one with me, but yeah, I brought them. Um, I had. Uh, it's a funny thing too. I'm I'm not doing the exact same set. Okay. But I'm doing you know. Depending on my mood and depending on what I get to, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing a good a good bit of it. Um, but you know, I I it doesn't you know it's 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 interesting. Uh, I did a I did an hour and fifteen the other night Tuesday night here and yeah because I have this I have a vibrating watch, so I set it for the other night I set it for I think nineteen forty five. So I figured all right the second time it goes off. That's roughly forty minutes, and then I'll just I'll sort of like feel my way around and, and wrap it up after that. Well, I think what happened was it went off the first time, it buzzed, it buzzed again the second time, and I didn't feel it either one, either the first one or the second one, and I had I had lost total track of time, <laughs> and I even put my head through the curtain and I said to um, Mike, I said Mike, am I good on time? He says, Yeah, yeah, you're good on time. And uh, that was at about the hour two mark. It was like, you, you big dummy, what'd you tell me that for? <laughs> so I came back out thinking that I was at about the 40 mark. Oh, my I, goodness. And I went and I did buck 12. And it was funny. I didn't know it until I got, I got back to the hotel and I was talking to my wife on the phone. And the next morning, I guess, I was talking to my wife on the phone. And I said, yeah, I think I did about 40. I think I sort of stiffed them last night. And then I, I hung up with her. No. I, I picked up the recorder. I had a recorder oh. here. And I didn't hit the recorder until like three minutes in. I looked at the recorder. I started playing it. And I hit the display where it says time remaining. And it said a minute, an hour and 12. I said, oh, oh, no. What have I done? And my first impulse was, oh, my God. Next time I see Lewis, I have to apologize. <laughs> because I'm such a dummy. You know, and I was telling Mike last night, I was only slightly exaggerating. I, th- I think it's immoral to do more than an hour, you know, in, oh. any, in any situation, any setting. I think it's horrifying. When I hear uh, Eddie Griffin's doing a six-hour set, I just say, oh, I cringe. And I say, nobody should do that to anybody. Nobody yeah. should torture an audience. A, a re- going for a record is not what you suggest. No, it's horrifying. Yeah. I saw, uh, I saw Dave, uh, we were working in Dayton at a, a club, I forget the name of it, on purpose. And uh, <laughs> uh, it was in Dayton, and uh, as you may or may not know, Dave lives in Yellow Springs, which is a, a rural burb east of Dayton, about 45 minutes an hour outside Dayton. And uh, the guy who owns the club says, yeah, I'm working with my wife. And the guy says, you know, uh, Dave might show up tonight. And I immediately knew what he meant. I said, oh, oh well, okay, great. So, so I'm, I'm closing the shows that week, and Tracy's featuring. That's my wife. And uh, I come into the room, and it's dark, and, and Tracy says, he's here. I said, who's here? <laughs> she says, Dave's here. I said, oh, oh, where is he? She points to the, the dark, you know, a few feet away from us. He's just hanging around in the back. And, uh, he, and he says, he wants to do a set. I said, well, he can do a set, but he can't go on before me. <laughs> if you think I'm following Dave Chappelle in Dayton, you're nuts. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, all right, all right, you know, so they talked to him. So, all right, so I went up, I did an abbreviated set, and then, you know, then I got off, and then the MC was, you know, real pleased to be able to present uh, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. So Dave goes on, and he ends up, like, doing an hour and 15 or an hour and a half or whatever, you know. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, he's known for. Yeah, yeah doing lengthy sets you know and it was weird because you're just sitting on a stool and smoking cigarette after cigarette you know just talking and talking and talking and 
you know, if you're Dave Chappelle, you can do that. They, they were thrilled beyond belief because they're, oh, my gosh, I can't believe we're here the night Dave Chappelle showed up. And so he could just sit there and read the phone book and they'll be tickled. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so it was it was a lot of talking punctuated by, you know, a huge laugh and then a lot, a lot of talking. And, right, right, right. So, but it was it was uh, it was interesting. So did you properly scold uh, Mike Early for just going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, I busted his balls last <laughs> night. And then I talked to Derek and I said, ah, oh, I just want to apologize. He says, no, no, no. He says, he says, it happens a lot. He says, the comics will come in the first night. You know, they want to remind themselves of the room or get a feel for the room if they've never been here. And, uh, you know, and so they'll they'll go long because they don't have to wrap it up. But I just feel bad for the, you know, for the for the employees. They, you know, they want to go home to right. their lives. Yep. They're looking at the, they're, that's in hindsight. That's obviously who you should have asked. Exactly. Is someone uh, serving drinks up here. Am I OK on time? Yes. Well, I've, I already put their bills down three exactly. minutes ago. So yes. exactly. I should apologize. Though. But anyway. Uh, yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, last night I did about an hour and three or something like okay. that. But it's really fun. I must say, I mean, the last time I was here, it had been 20 years between yeah. Acme's. This time, it's only 23 months, which uh-huh. is still too long. But, <laughs> but in the in the in the last 10 months or so, there's been this great uh, this great show in Vegas uh, called The Stool, uh-huh. and uh, a friend of ours uh, started it at a, at this little funky art house just off the downtown in Vegas. And uh, in the arts district, Vegas has an arts district, go figure. <laughs> and uh, it's just this little black box theater. And um, he knew somebody who knew somebody, blah, blah, blah. So we go, and he he, uh, he starts this, I think it was like Wednesday nights. And he did it about five times, and then they sort of folded it for the holidays. But it, what the premise is, it's pros or headliners doing new material. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. I, I, I'll do it because he's my friend. But and maybe I'll do like five minutes or whatever. But I, I that's a little weird and risky and kind of you know it's outside of my comfort zone going up and doing five or doing new material. Uh-huh. Well, I did the first one and it was fun. We had about maybe eighteen people in the audience or I don't know, twenty two or whatever you know, and uh, it was a blast. Uh, I went back the next week and did it again. I missed one. I went back again, I went back again, and then they folded for a while. And then he brought it to a new venue, and it's on Saturday nights at midnight. And it's a blast. That's different. Yes. I've done about 14 or 13 of them. And it's been... Uh, like it's been it's been one of the best things I've, I've ever done because wow. it's really, really forced me to, uh, you know, to think about material and to think about jokes and to revi- revive old jokes or revive jokes that maybe I did once back in, you know, 2006 and it didn't really work. Uh-huh. But now I'm, I'm figuring out how to make stuff work. So I'm trying to do a lot of that new stuff here uh this week okay and uh a lot of it's a lot of it's going good and is your wife going to you with that going yes with that? she's yeah. been excelling in fact she she's like she's like the designated opener now she takes the bullet she goes up first almost every show okay which is weird i was listening to the i what i did was i had that that small digital recorder with me all the time i was um i taped every one of them and <clears throat> last week i i Pulled it off of the recorder into onto the hard drive on the on the laptop, and I brought it all into Premiere, and I I, I stitched them all together with a you know two seconds in between, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be like about a I think a hour and twenty eight minute 
uh, audio altogether. So I, now I'm listening to it as a podcast on an old phone with Bluetooth headphones when I'm running on the treadmill. Wow! So it's been it's been great because I listened to it just before I took off for here, and um, it's really uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun I must say, and and, and it's just a thrill to do new material. Uh, my act used to progress at a glacial pace before. <laughs> Which I thought was okay, and I still do believe that that's that's fine and dandy. Okay, but now I'm uh, now I'm breaking a new material at a, at a at a pretty good clip, and it's uh, it's been fun. How uh, have you ever put yourself in a situation like that uh, where you've been forced? Because they, you know they do a th- thing here every year where they're right. Uh, you know you have each day you know it's new material. So funny. And- Tracy mentioned that last night. Or yesterday, she said, you know, I'd really like to do Tim Slagle's show. I don't know if it's Tim's – I think it's Tim's show. It's Tim's whatever idea. It's his, it's his baby. Yeah. Uh, we were working for – You know uh, Slagle. Of course you know Slagle. I know Slagle. I, I know him. Uh, we're Facebook pals, and uh, we used to correspond here and there, I think, uh, way back um, – when we were still active doing the magazine. Okay, yeah, Crash and Burn is the, is the uh, Right, thing Crash and Burn. Mm-hmm. We were in town once. We had a night off. And so we came over here, and it was Crash and Burn Week. It, so it was uh, Tim and uh, Tim and Tim, Bador, uh, Tracy Ashley, oh, yeah. and uh, darn, I can't remember the other fellow's name. But anyway, uh, we we hung out in the bar. You know, Tim says, "You want to come out and see the show?" Says, no, no, I don't want to see it. I would identify too much with the people on stage, and I freak out. Oh, but. Uh, uh, but still, you know, Tim explained it to us and told us how it was going and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and then Tracy mentioned last night, I'd love to do it now. I said, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'd like to do that okay. too. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, I don't know how you arrange something like that. But, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll work out. We'll do it sometime. That'd be fun. Or or maybe we'll, I know, we'll have we'll have Tim come and do it in uh, <laughs> in Vegas. In Vegas. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, but it's been it's been a blast. So uh, you'll be going back to doing that show again once you're done here. I, I will. Um, yeah, probably next uh, next Saturday, a week from Saturday, I'll probably do it. And uh, who's showing up at a, uh, a midnight show for new material in Vegas? We've had audiences anywhere from like uh, we had a smallish one last week, maybe about thirty people, but we've had as many as like sixty five, seventy show up. Uh there's there's a there's there's two couples that always show up, which are that's spectacular, you know, they're hardcore. Okay. And then there's just uh you know, just people that happen to be at the stratosphere, which is the, the Oh, that's where it is. There's locals that come in, a lot of locals and uh you know, they they, they hustle it during the day and they, they try to pump it during the week and sure. whatnot and uh you know it's still kind of in its infancy as far as that's concerned. You know, they're trying to figure out ways of getting people in the house. But uh and the crowds respond really, really well, and it's it's always been. I think there was one where I didn't have fun. I mean, I, you know, it was okay, but yeah. it, it wasn't a blast, you know. But the rest of them have been have been uh, have been awesome. And so, uh, folks show up, and a, a lot of the comics show up. Uh, we they, he puts out an open invite to anybody that's appearing in town. Genius, yeah. And so the guys for a while last year, the guys from the Improv at Harris were showing up. But uh, now, and Private Harris closed down in the interim. So we get people from the from the Laugh Factory at the Trop. We get people from Brad Garrett's club at MGM. Yeah, and uh, you know, just folks that are in town. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I <clears throat> excuse me, Tracy always said, "Oh, I don't want to do 
an open mic in L.A. or New York because there's always going to be comics in the back of the house, and I don't want them to see me die or yeah, struggle that's what, or whatever. That's what I was going to ask you is, uh, you know, a common thing is to just head out to an open mic. You know, Nick Swartzen was here Monday night <laughs> oh, for the open oh, mic. Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think he was in town to go to the – he's a huge Vikings fan. I think he was in town to go to the Vikings hey. opener, stuck around, and he showed up here and did, I think, 10 minutes at open right. mic. Um, but do you, get to, do you get to go do stuff like that, living in Vegas? There's not open mics, oh, you know, there other than are. this. Are there, there? Are plenty of them? Yes, um, and there's a there's a you know the, I, I I guess you could call it a thriving scene. There's a there's a, a lot of homegrown local acts that uh, that do a lot of the open mics. We don't do those rooms, okay? Because we actually there was one. It was at a place called Shakespeare's that a friend of ours was booking. And that, that was fun. I did that a few times to work out some material or I did a Halloween show just for funsies. But uh, basically we like to stay away because a lot of them are kind of like rough and tumble. They're kind of like bar gigs and they're, they're a little bit, you know, they won't get that many people in the audience or they mm-hmm. won't, you know, they'll turn off the TVs and not even tell people that the show's going on. And all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden this show's happening in their lives. Why is the TV oh, off? <laughs> you're really, why'd you turn off the... I was uh, watching Friends with the sound <laughs> off, you jerk. <laughs> and then, you know, so you have a bunch of disgruntled people who don't, right. even, don't even want to see a show. But yeah, we have studiously avoided the uh, open mic scene. And so this is nice. We get a chance to... Uh, we get a chance to do it in a in a in a an environment that's very uh, very welcoming, and the the acts in the back of the house thing doesn't bother Tracy anymore, doesn't bother me, and um, actually it's, it's kind of never bothered me, but it's mm. always bothered her. Okay, but now she doesn't care; she just goes up. In fact, she was using it uh, the other day. She she did a she's doing a she's working on a five because she wants to send it to you know late night TV shows and whatnot, and try mm-hmm. to get it on TV again. What the heck? Yeah, I did it three years ago. Uh, three years ago, next month, I was on October 11th of 2013 on on Late Late Show, Late Late uh, Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Yep. And I I thought to myself, God, if if I can get on late night television, you know, I'm an inspiration to many, you know, because I, you know, I'm the I'm the old guy's been doing it for 30 plus years, and there's not a lot a whole lot of that going on. Sure. You know, obscure. Uh, Thirty-year-plus veterans getting on late night television <laughs> out of nowhere. What? How the hell did that happen? It's funny. Uh, one of the uh, one thing that's uh, kind of kicked me in the pants uh, creatively was uh, back in twenty ten. Yes, twenty ten. My lovely wife and I were performing here in, in Minneapolis at a club that shall remain nameless, and. Uh, we were accidentally told that we would be in town for another night. So it turns out we had our last night off. Uh-huh. And then I found out downstairs was going on their open mic night. And Tracy was sick as a dog with a broken arm. So she, uh, she passed. But I had, this, I, had a, I had a business card. And on the back of it, I had about 15 things written in tiny type, tiny letters, uh, that I wanted, I'd been dying to try out. So I went downstairs and I just held the card out, read it off the card, made no excuses, no apologies. Uh-huh. I read it off the card, and almost every one of them, bam, just exploded. I was like, "Ah, oh, gosh, this is this is good." And uh, you know, I was like, "Oh, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe there's something to this open mic stuff." Yeah, because uh, I had been avoiding them since. Gosh, I did when I started in October '81. I did every Wednesday night open mic at the Comedy Works in Philadelphia. Everyone for two straight years. Wow. And then I did like pretty much half of the Thursdays. I did every 
Midnight Madness, they used to call it at the other club across the street. Could you always get on at these places? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I could always get on. And um, every Wednesday night open mic, every Thursday night best of, they called it, and every Midnight Madness. So, you know, I paid, the, I paid my dues open mic night-wise for about, gosh, three, four years. Sure. And then, you know, you burn out. You just get a – yeah. And plus you start working on the road. And the last thing you want to do when you get home is get your ass out the door and go and do some open mic whatever. Yeah. So, you know, so I kind of got out of the habit. And then we moved to L.A. And, oof, you know, you don't – back then, 88 to 93, you didn't – you just – there was there was a, a bunch of rooms and stuff. But it was kind of weird working in L.A. Todd Glass was here last oh, week. Oh, yeah. Todd was here last week. I saw that on the wall. Uh, do you, did you guys? How far back do you go with him? Very far. Yeah, Todd. Was, I'm putting. I'm doing the math in my head. Yeah. I'm like Philly, oh, yeah. early '80s, 30 yep. year career. You Todd, guys probably started about the same time. Todd was probably in the house the first time I ever went on stage. I bet. Yep. Because Todd cr- was. Todd was in the midst of the, his, uh, you know, his early year, early years, you know, burnout. He was. He was doing every open mic. He, yeah. was, uh, he was a works boy. I was an outlet boy. He was a works boy. There were two clubs, rival clubs, like just like 300 feet from each other or 600 feet from each other or whatever, okay. Six, 500 yard or whatever. Yeah. Um, and um, he started – he actually started doing shows when he was in high school, he says. And uh, and then he made – you know, then he, then he started getting serious about it and started doing the open mics in Philly. Yeah. And um, – he probably started about a year and a half before I did, and I was, you know, I was older than him. But yeah, he was a kid, and uh, yeah, he caught fire pretty quick. And he, uh, you know, he, I don't think he moved to L.A. Gosh, he didn't move to L.A. until I don't think he moved to L.A. until after we did. I can't be, I can't be uh, sure about that. But yeah, we were. Oh God, I did a lot of shows with Todd. A lot of shows. With yeah, Todd. he's a he's a crazy man. I haven't run into Todd. Gosh, probably six, seven years. Okay. So we used to see him once, once in a while up in Montreal. We'd, we'd go to Just for Laughs, and uh, he'd be up there. But, uh, yeah, it's a shame I missed him. He was just in town. Uh, he was in – or no, I'm sorry. He's in Vegas probably this week. I'll probably miss him. Oh, well. <laughs> You're you were just, a week behind just, everywhere? <laughs> yep. What's going he's, on? He's doing the everything. Is, uh, life is beautiful. He's doing Life is Beautiful. Uh, I think that's this week. I could be wrong about Oh, okay. That. It's either this week or next. I think it's this week. How um – so you're obviously you're still living in Vegas. Uh, uh-huh. What do you think of the? They're getting a hockey team. You're going to have a hockey team. Do you care about that? Everybody is. Well, you do obviously because you have the old vintage North Star shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know, no one's going to give a shit about this. I'm going to say it anyway. Uh-huh. You know, Facebook does that. Uh, your memories. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, today <laughs> there was one. I I rarely look. I'm like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? I don't have time to look back at some <laughs> dumb thing I put on Facebook. I looked today, and there was a picture from four years ago. Of uh-huh. Me and my daughters. Looking into the oven, watching uh, cookies bake, <laughs> and I was wearing this shirt. <laughs> and then when, after I took a shower and he was getting so, dressed hey, to come see you, I was like, "Oh, yeah, you know what? In honor of that, I'm going to put the shirt on today." And who's Ciccarelli? Cicerelli. Oh, Cicerelli. Dino Cicerelli. He was a stud. Oh, I'm not Dino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played for the Stars and Capitals. I went, I went to college with a girl named Maura Ciccarelli. She calls it Ciccarelli. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ciccarelli. How, how Midwestern of Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh-huh. Gugliata. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. You pronounce it correctly. People look at you funny. Right. So what do you think? Every, oh, um, hockey yeah, in Vegas. Everybody, uh, it's funny. I think it was, somebody asked me yesterday, 
Oh, you get. Oh, it was the, I think the radio guy. Uh, I should call him the radio guy. I should really learn his name. He was <laughs> very nice and very gracious, and he had me on his show for five minutes. But um, he asked me about it, and everybody, everybody's all on Twitter because Minnesota's a sports town. Damn it! Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so I have mixed feelings about it because uh, first of all, the tickets are way too expensive for me, and uh, mm-hmm. I so that. Uh, but it's Vegas. I'll I'll see a game eventually, if not more than one. You'll know somebody. Yeah, I know somebody. Knows somebody. And that's the way Vegas. Boy, when you're a local in Vegas, you you pretty much eventually you get to see everything sure. for free. Sure. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I have mixed feelings about it because they built this damn T-Mobile Arena, and they nestled it right in there between the Strip and Frank Sinatra Drive, just north of uh, just north of Tropicana. Uh huh. And now the bastards at uh, Caesars or MGM, I can't remember which. There's only three. There's like three giant corporations in town. Yeah. They're going to start charging. Allegedly, they're going to start charging for parking. And so. Oh, at the casinos? Yes. At their properties. Oh. And it's going to wreak havoc because the rest of the properties are going to have the overflow from the people who don't want to pay. So they're going to have to start charging. And then everybody else is going to. One of the great things about Vegas has been this freewheeling atmosphere where you just get your car, drive down the strip or drive down Frank Sinatra or whatever, and then park, you know, or valet it, whatever. You'd never have to pay for parking. This is going to, this is going to greatly upset the uh, the 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 balance in Las Vegas. It's gonna, Interesting. It's gonna, I'll go down the strip some some weeks. I'll go down the strips five, six, seven times, either because I'm working or socializing or eating or, or you know, some other sort of business. Yeah. And uh, if I'm forced to pay anything, it's going to uh, it's going to be a disaster. Uh, I mean, think about these rooms that that have. Uh, there's a couple of rooms that have, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, that. Uh, employ local comics once in a while you know I, I mean I go down if I work this Tropicana Laugh Factor Tropicana I'm going to go down there seven nights a week so that's going to it's going to it's going to take a big chunk out of the paycheck uh, somebody's got to figure something out yeah. so that local, locals can park for free I don't know maybe I'm panicking too early but it, it, it just doesn't seem right Atlantic City started charging for parking and look where that got them Okay, Atlantic yeah City's I a saw ghost you, town. you tweeted about this yes yes okay I said perhaps we can organize a uh, anti-T-Mobile uh anti-T-Mobile uh, Twitter campaign to force these bastards to abandon this notion of parking, <laughs> charging for parking. Yeah. But, yeah, we're going to have uh, the, the the Vegas Black Knights, I think they're going to call them. I don't know. I don't even think they decided on a name. Yeah, I don't know if that's a. Yeah, I think, I think that was rumored. I think they're going to have a contest because, you know, you get tons of free publicity. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's a gorgeous arena from what I'm told. I have not been there yet. Friends of ours went and saw the Stones there, and uh, you know people have gone and seen Mariah, and Garth Brooks, and whatnot. Uh, you know, it's just this gorgeous, crazy looking. Looks like a giant hat box, and um, <laughs> I pass it uh, every all, all, every time I go down the strip. No, we have the new Viking Stadium. Though I saw like the, it from uh, the I saw it from the Blue Line. It's quite uh, like I said. I described it yesterday as ominous. I said it looks like a church. And the, uh, and the yeah, he concurred. He said, "Well, for some people, it is a church." Oh, jeez! <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's crazy sure. looking. That's true. Especially, and yeah, it happens on Sunday. You know, what is a church? La- yes. Last time I was here, the poor bastards were playing at the uh, university in the cold. Oh yeah, 
Mm-hmm. So that couldn't have been fun. No, we're they're, they're back in Good old-fashioned smash-mouth football in sub-zero temperatures, huh? Mm-hmm. Like the old days, like the 60s. Well, I worked over there as a beer Oh, man. that's right. Yeah. That's right. And I, I, not, I will... I'm, I, uh, <sighs> I can be a pussy in a lot of things, <laughs> but uh, I toughed out the weather over there for every game. I, it didn't scare me away. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs. La- last year? No, two years ago. Oh, uh, no. I don't believe so. No, uh, last year, yes. This year, no. Last year, yes. And they still played outside last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that was the first game the other night, right? Yeah. Uh, first home game. Have you been? Yeah, you I'm go? working over there now, too. Oh, you're working over there? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you're working in short sleeves and, <laughs> and air-conditioned comfort. Yeah, I'll be Good wearing shorts there in December. So but. now these bastards are going to they're gonna allegedly lure the uh, Oakland Raiders... Right to, uh, to town to to Vegas. There's a couple of uh, spaces that they have their eyeballs on for building a stadium, and uh, that's going to that's going to be bad for I think uh, good in a lot of ways, but bad for Vegas because they're gonna they're gonna fund it with public money. Yeah, and public money, of course, in Vegas means dinging all the people who come into town, uh, their hotel rooms, et cetera, et cetera. Which is, I mean, geez, you know, you're already pay too much for a hotel room you're already paying too much for a rental car you're already paying too much for this and that yeah so uh it's just gonna you know it's gonna hurt. i think it's gonna hurt but you never know we talked a little bit last time that you're a uh you're a football fan yeah mm-hmm. yeah eagles <laughs> eagles yes yeah. that's right mm-hmm. <laughs> by virtue of growing up in the philadelphia metro area yeah and they're good this year so far so far 2-0 carson wentz it's funny carson wentz what a what a ridiculous name uh, <laughs> Whenever we whenever we hear it, we now say Carson Wentz. Then we say weather, because he sounds like he sounds yes! like he, he does. He sounds like a weatherman. Yes. You're right, <laughs> Carson Wentz with the weather. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, yeah, they're they're good. He's the real deal. I'm glad we got rid of Sam Bradford. We oh, get rid of. What do you mean? <laughs> he, he was he, stolen. He bristles. Get rid of Sam Bradford. Said. He's a. Uh, I watched. Uh, we kept. We kept remarking. We're not. We're, we're football fans, but we're bizarre football fans because we'll pay attention to the most bizarre shit. And, and Tracy says, "I don't like the look in Sam Bradford's eyes. He just doesn't look like he wants to win. He kind of looks like he's scared the whole time he's out there. He looks overwhelmed." And I said, "Yeah, he doesn't have the eye of the tiger." And so we. I think so. One of us twi- tweeted about you know uh, Sam Bradford has the eye of the kitten. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, he's doing all right, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Sam. one game and he's doing all right. And yeah. Teddy's not coming back anytime soon. Not, no, not this season. And Adrian's uh, AP is scheduled for surgery. Uh, what a mess! Things are falling apart. Yeah, you know what though? Things are falling. I I read a, there's a blog that I read, and the guy is convinced. He talks about politics and culture mostly, but he also talks an awful lot about sports, and he maintains that talent means nothing. The on-field talent means nothing, and that it all comes down to who the coach is. Okay. So, who's your coach? The the Vikings? Yeah. Mike Zimmer? Mike Zimmer. <laughs> Mike Zimmer, man. <laughs> Come on, Brian. What? what Zim! Year, what year is that? What year is Zim uh, in night right now? Uh, third? Third year. I think. Uh. Second or no, third, I believe. Uh. He was this is yeah, this was his first head coaching job. He was a oh. defensive coordinator for the uh Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. Got a little bit of pub, 
the year that the Bengals were covered on Hard Knocks on ESPN. Okay, so I'm probably familiar with it because he visually would, because I watched uh, two or three of those. He has a very soft voice, but oh, he, uh, you know, <laughs> a uh, rough tongue. He's very okay. Yeah, like he lets him hear about it. All right, all right. We have Doug Doug Peterson. Or as we like to call him, Pug Dieterson. <laughs> he, he's a he's an ex quarterback, so and yeah. off, offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's right. So we shall see what happens. Mm-hmm. We shall see. I know more about this shit than I realize. I, it sounds like it. Looks like I'm paying attention. Uh, well, in order to in order to increase our interest, now that we live in Las Vegas, we put we put five dollars on. We actually we failed this year. We were supposed to do we do usually do four or five dollars. I was going to ask you for the update. We talked about this two years ago. Now I want an update. That last time you said you put five dollars on. It was uh, oh, it was there like were four a, different teams. I don't right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, well, uh, I know the Lions our, were one of that them. That was our first experiment. It was okay. the, yeah, it was the Lions. It was the Lions. Um, the uh, yeah, Lions, uh, Browns, I think, and like two others. Well, always, but always five. No, no, always yeah. five on the Eagles, just for fun. Yeah. So it looks like, hey, you know, somebody's going to be, they're going to be offering us $100 in midseason to buy that $5 yeah. ticket off us. We didn't do the other, the other three, though, this year. So. Okay. Did we'll you do just, any prop bets? I, we, no, we're, we're going to have to wait for the, for the Super Bowl for the prop bets. That'll be fun. We have five, $5 on the Phillies <laughs> to, hmm. to take the World Series. In all fairness, we did that in April, I think. So. Yeah. You never know. You never know. And they were out by the All-Star break. They were right? out prior, yeah, way prior to the All-Star break. Actually, they caught fire in July. I always say, maybe they'll catch fire in July, and it never happens. <laughs> this year, they caught fire in July. I okay. believe they were, uh, they were like playing 700 ball in July. And then, oh, wow. Oh, and that's then good. Down the dumper. Yeah. Now, we talked about, do you ever, I don't think we mentioned, we, I don't remember what was covering this. Do you play any of the uh, table games in Vegas? Uh, you know, poker, blackjack? No. Uh that's pretty disgusting, probably. Um, the only thing I did, and I haven't done in quite some time, is craps. Oh, I like I like craps. It's it's a it's an interesting game. I I, uh, I learned late 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 one night in Atlantic City about twenty some years ago, and uh, it's a it's a fascinating game. And it's it's depending on the table you're on, it's fast paced and it's upbeat and it's fun and it's, but it it does have the potential to just Take fifty bucks or a hundred bucks in a matter of, of literally a matter of seconds or or, or if you're lucky minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, so in that regard, it's it's a little bit it's ominous. It's it's uh, it's dastardly. But if you get on a roll and you know and you're having a lot of fun and and and, and the table's right and the, and the and it's all you know the dice are hot. It was, uh, it it uh, it can be uh, it can be uh, it can be fun. I've noticed the celebrations of a winning table are the biggest in yes. In you'll, a you'll be you'll be walking around and I'll be like, ah! yeah. That's because there's usually about if on a full craps table there'll be, gosh, there may be eight eight players, and uh, you know sometimes they'll have their significant others with them sure. standing or hovering behind yeah. them and whatnot, kissing the and, dice, and ba boom, everybody will go nutty. You'll turn around. What the hell was that? You know, uh, that's fun. Yeah, and that's that's another thing about it. It's a game where there's there's up to eight people all, all hovering around and all all uh, you know all intent on that one role. You know, so it, it does get uh, it does get intense. It's pretty funny. Yeah, we talked to um, I don't know the I don't know the rules, so I've never <laughs> I've never won or lost at crafts. Mm-hmm. Someone would have to explain it to me. Um, I remember, and then we, one of the other things we covered last time is that you went just briefly. You went to college at uh, Temple. Correct? Yes. Am I remembering that correctly? Correct. Yeah. You ever go back there in adulthood? Uh, 
I'm doing that this weekend. That's why I asked. Where are you going? I went to the University of Minnesota Duluth. Oh, well, get it in before the winter sets in. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> the leaves will be changing up oh. there already. Oh, man. I thought it was cold in Ohio. <laughs> I went uh, three years at Bowling Green State University. and It was, uh, the, I think, the second flattest county, Wood County in Ohio. The first being Paulding, Paulding County. Okay. I know that because my roommate was from Paulding County, and he was proud of the fact that he was grew up in the flattest county in Ohio. <laughs> and when you have a flat, you know, flat like that, and you're, you're too close to one of the Great Lakes, you will get... The wind? The wind, yeah. yeah. And so that's one of the reasons I failed archery. And <laughs> Because it was at the opposite end of the campus, and it was like 8, 8 a.m., and it was probably on a Monday, and I just could not take And it was winter. I couldn't take that walk. Okay. So I failed archery. I didn't stick to it. I think I failed softball, too, because that was up the other end of campus, too. But yeah, Duluth, woof, oh, my God. So I have gone back to Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back for a Temple University news reunion, which was kind of kind of weird but fun that was some uh, job you had there or? yeah yeah the new, I, I i uh when i transferred out of ohio i uh de- i was determined to you know do it right i i wa- basically wasted three years in ohio you know doing the doing the college away from home thing uh-huh. uh, actually i i lost a year because when i transferred all the credits transferred they kind of like cooked down to two years so it was like one whole year lost. Uh-huh. So I was determined not to let that happen. And, uh, you know, so the first thing I did, like, literally, I think it was my first day on campus, I went up to the Temple News and, and just threw myself on the mercy of the Temple News and said, I am here. Use me in whatever way you, you must. And uh, a fellow there took me under his wing. He was the entertainment editor at the time. Oh. And uh, that was my entree into the whole newspaper thing. And he, he has since passed. Okay. He, was, he was a nice fellow. Tom, uh, Tom Walsh. But, uh, yeah, and then I just, I put my head down and I just, I just worked as hard as I could. Kept ridiculous hours at the Temple News. Uh I was the, uh, within, within a semester, I was the composing room foreman, which was a groovy job, but paid. Composing Uh, room foreman. Composing room foreman. Oh, man, back when, uh, back when you actually had wax machines and you pasted things up and you had to arrange the page by hand. Uh, so you're talking about like arranging where yes, things are, yes. in the actual, okay. composing the pages, and then shipping it off to the taking it to the printer. Uh, so yeah, and then so but I went back for that reunion. That was fun, and uh, I went back again for some reason. I can't remember why. I think it had something to do with my uh, my brother-in-law. He worked for some time at their uh, financial aid office, so I must have gone there on a Saturday afternoon or something. Okay, some event, and it's a it's a it's it's dead in the center of, of well, it's it's north of the city, but it's in the city center, North Philadelphia, which is kind of a rough uh, rough area of Philadelphia. Yeah, and uh, it's right off of Broad Street, which is the main drag there, up North South Drag. And it's uh, when I went there, it was a uh, you know it was it was a thriving urban campus, and they have since really pumped hundreds of millions of dollars into it. I oh, mean, there's, okay. there's a hotel on campus and there's Jeez. all these gorgeous new buildings and the SAC building of the Student Administration Center where I used to do all my hanging out and do the newspaper and everything. That's been just dwarfed by this gorgeous new SAC Center. And, you know, so it's really a much nicer place. To, but, of course, with all universities now, it's just a, a fucking sewer. <laughs> <laughs> a, a sewer of ridiculousness and political correctness and 
<laughs> nonsense. It's horrifying what's happened. What's happened to even the best universe? It's a shame. Temple used to be a no-nonsense place where people went, like me, uh-huh. who wasted three years yeah. and said, I'm going to get a degree and I'm going to work at the same time. And I, the entire time I was there, I had a job. Yeah. And then, uh, and, but now, forget about it. You know, now they, they, we have to maintain 35,000 student level and blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, I can't wait when I get to deal with this when my kids choose to go to a college. Oh, don't send them to college. Yeah, right? Don't, man, don't. We've been telling people for 20 years, don't waste your money on your child's college education. We've been telling them that. Or at the very least, send them to a state school for two years and then let them, let them pick from something from there. If they excel, they'll be, they'll be able to write their own ticket to another university. Maybe mm-hmm. you get, maybe even get a scholarship for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You, you're familiar with all this nonsense. No, you're, you're kicking I, around in your head, but everybody's like, Oh no, no, I have to send my kid to Cornell or I have to send my kid to <laughs> Cornell. Oh, I know why I was watching that series that, uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Apparently the, his character went to Cornell. He's wearing a zipper, zippered hoodie that says Cornell. Oh, that's I true. thought that's a weird choice. <laughs> but well, hey. my, my daughter told me, uh, my ten-year-old daughter told me she's going to uh, Yale. Oh, is that a fact? And I said, "Why Yale?" And she goes, "Well, I don't know because I heard of it." Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well you know what? Once you hear more about <laughs> it, you're going to know that it's not feasible. <laughs> it's just not. It isn't. No. No. Way to encourage them. Yeah. If you can dream it, you can do it. Yeah, uh, Dad can't afford a ticket to fly and visit you there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, that's incentive, actually. It's like, what? You're not going to come visit? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, trust me when you said, uh, you know, moving far, just far enough away from home. Right. I grew up in St. Paul. Went to college in Duluth. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Two yes, hours, yes, two yes, and yes. a half. Yeah. Duluth. Uh, well, Close we but far. I think we went through Duluth. Is there any reason one would go through Duluth? Uh, oh, maybe on the way to the Upper Peninsula with a different destination. I, not unless you were going to the huh. going because I spend time at a lake somewhere. I, I seem to remember driving past Duluth. Uh, maybe maybe we, we did it one nighter in Duluth. Maybe. maybe that was the Duluth in Georgia. <coughs> yeah, yeah, right. Maybe it was on the way to Houghton, Michigan. That's the uh, Michigan Tech is in Houghton, Michigan. Oh, okay. And it's in the uh, it's in the Upper Peninsula, of the UP. Maybe we passed by. I want to ask you about something that I um, I read, uh, going back briefly to Todd Glass, I read his book, and one of the things he talked about in there was the, and I'd heard about it from other people, the big comedy boom, where all of a sudden there was, you know, a club. Todd's got a book? <laughs> Does yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Who wrote it for him? <laughs> <laughs> I always bust Todd's books. <laughs> yeah. Always. Yeah. Uh, well, you—I mean, I, I don't need to tell you about it. You—you you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, the boom, the bust, um, the boom and the bust. Yes, <laughs> and he was describing about how absolutely ridiculous it was. And I know that, like, one of the one of your TV credits from way back then, which I tie into that, is the uh, night at what is it called? Night at the Improv. Evening, Evening at, the at the Improv. And then he was describing like there was an improv ev- everywhere. There was one across the street from another one. It seemed like right. Well, he exaggerates somewhat. Yeah, uh, it was ridiculous, and. Um, uh, yeah, we. It's a funny thing being stand-up comics who started in. I started in eighty-one. Tracy started in eighty-five. Mm-hmm. We are familiar, all too familiar with, with the boom, and then of course all too familiar with the bust. Yeah. And uh, one of the reasons we started the magazine was to foster conversation, let's say, among comics, uh, so that not so much to prevent a bust. But at the very least, 
to let ourselves know if we see signs that the bust is coming. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, well, I think we failed utterly in doing that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think there's another one coming. I we I always I always attributed the bust to comedy inflation. Too many stages chasing too few comics. Okay, yeah. And then eventually, what you had was you had people headlining a show who didn't deserve to even be featuring people featuring a show who didn't even deserve to be emceeing, and mm-hmm. then people emceeing who didn't deserve to be on stage. Yeah, and that created bad shows. And thus a bad experience for the customer and uh, thus a, 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 a curtailment of their enthusiasm and their eventual uh, participation in <laughs> the club going. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Did you feel it when it was happening? Yes. Yeah. And it was horrifying. We had a very concrete uh, manifestation of the bust, and that is that in 93, which was our last year, we left – L.A. in September of 93 and retreated back to the East Coast, back to Jersey. In 93, well, quite often we were working together, which was nice. And we, what we would do is we would man the phones and we would get on the horn and get all these people and say, you know, bring us in for this week. We have this week open, blah, blah, blah. We would construct these elaborate Rube Goldberg contraptions that were like a three and four and five week tour, you know. Okay. And, uh, you know, it involved... Uh, this is pre-internet, so it really involved a lot of studying and involved a lot of calling Ma- maps phone. Maps on paper. Oh yes, maps on paper and God. Oh, and uh, uh, but what started to happen was we would create these elaborate tours by ourselves because we didn't have management representation, so we had to do it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then what would happen? The the one in the middle. It was always the one in the middle would crap out you know the guy would call us up and say sorry you know we're closing the week before you get here you know oh my god and we'd be like oh no what are we gonna do we're gonna float for a week what the fuck you know yeah. and this so this elaborate <clears throat> tour would just collapse and we'd, we'd be or or it, we wouldn't make as much on the tour because of that week in the middle we right furiously try to rebook it geographically it wouldn't work out blah blah blah, blah. so anyway you know so that starts happening in 92 let's say and then, you know, it starts happening with a little more frequency, and you feel it creeping and getting larger, and not on the downswing, but on the upswing. Oh, well, the first two weren't a fluke, you know. And you start just taking the pulse of the business, and you go, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And then we just look at each other and say, look, would you rather be in the midst of a comedy bust living here in Los Angeles or back east where at least we had, we're familiar with the territory, we had some sort of support system personally and a, a tiny bit of a support system business-wise, uh, then we said, you know what, let's go. Let's get out of Dodge. So almost five years to the day, we retreated back to, to uh, Jersey. Oh, okay. So that was quite a uh, blow. Yeah. Because, you know, you move to Los Angeles and you think, well, you know, this is it. You know, what's next? You know, Tokyo? <laughs> <laughs> London, right. because you know, you know, you don't go, you don't go from Philly to LA and then back to Philly. Right, it's, it's a, you know, it seems this is, backwards. Yeah, this is right. inconceivable. So, uh, but we we had to go back, and uh, you know, it's it's it, we took it personally, you know, and there was weird, you know, weird year or two or three or four, and then <clears throat> you know, then slowly but surely we began to monitor things and began to we began to believe that the business was on the way back. And uh, and it was and it is back, 
But now, you know, maybe uh, Tracy was trying to figure this out the other day. She says, is it just that I'm more aware of it because of social media? She says, or are there too many comics? And I said, you know what? I think you're right. I've been I've been denying it, but I do believe there's too many goddamn comics. And the implications for that are um they're they're you know, it's it's it comes down to each individual. Uh what it, what it mean all it means is that you have to carve out something for yourself and you just can't really pay attention to what's going on out there. You just got to Put your head down and work hard and, and try to figure out where your place in this business is. And uh, You know, I've been trying to do a lot of corporates lately. Okay. I've been trying to do a lot of casinos. I've been trying to – I've got a, an agent in, uh, I think, D.C. who's trying to get stuff for me. I've got somebody locally in Vegas who is – you know, I, I'm, on his, I'm on his radar. I'm on his list. And, you know, we did cruises, uh, we did cruises for a little while, yeah. which is not a crime, you know. It's not pleasant, but it's uh, it's it's uh, you know I can I can hold my head up and uh, you know and be uh, you know not be embarrassed by it or anything like sure, that. Sure, I try be. to approach it my own way. Yeah, and uh, you know you just gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. And now and that's one of the reasons why <clears throat> Tracy's trying to get on TV. You know, and I, you know she said, look, as soon as I'm done doing this, you got to get on your horse on the horse and get and 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 try to get another shot as well. I said, yeah, you're right. I can't. I, I, I mean, I, I should. And I, I, you know, it's, it's weird. She was looking at a website the other day that pretty much tracks how many acts they have, how many comics they have on late night. It's fascinating. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, there's, uh, who is it? Uh, Kimmel has hardly any. Correct. Kimmel might have two a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a different landscape out there. Yeah. Conan seems to be the one that does the most. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was talking to the Conan folks. This was before I did Ferguson, before I did uh, Late Night, Late Late. <laughs> Ferguson, Late Late. Now it's, nobody calls it Corden. <laughs> I don't even think he has comics on it. I have, don't think so either, no. but I don't know. See, that's the thing. That's the bitch. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was talking to the Conan folks. I was talking to their talent guy, talent coordinator. And that was when they were on NBC. Oh, uh-huh. and I was like, I was getting closer. I was getting closer. I was getting closer. He was playing ball with me, you know. And then what happened? Leno came back, blew him out. They went to TBS and they changed their whole, they changed their whole uh, what's the word? The whole mindset as to which demographic they were going to attack because they were on a different network altogether. Yeah, different slot, different network, different sensibilities. Yeah, yeah. They went younger, right? Exactly is what they did. Which is not to say they won't have a guy on there like me, who you know I. I I like to think that the my my age doesn't matter, but you know they they do go for a certain demo. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And now that I I went out and taped AGT, oh, you did? Yes, I did. I, I I contacted or they contacted me. I forget which. I think I contacted them. They assigned a producer to me. Yeah, when you were here two years ago, you mentioned briefly that you were going to try and do that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? It had just started right then when I was here. Okay. And what happened was the producer dude, nice guy, young fella, he, uh, he essentially shepherded me through the process, you know, had me sign all the papers and stuff. Uh, you know, oh, that's right, because they were going to hold, uh, they were going to do an audition in Vegas. I said, oh, I'm out of town. Should I bag the gig in order to be here? And they said, no, 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 no. We'll just watch a video. And I sent them to the video. So they said, yeah, we'd like, we'd like to use you. Okay, fine. So fast forward to the spring, and um, I go, I, 
they said yes. They set me up for a taping at the Dolby, right there at Hollywood and or Sunset, whatever Hollywood, uh-huh. Hollywood Vine, whatever. Uh, I go out to the Dolby. They put us up at Lowe's, which is nice. Uh, packed house. The Dolby's like a spectacular theater. Packed house. Uh, they they bumped me to the afternoon. I, I, I had a six o'clock, a six a.m. call. I'm I'm backstage with all this nonsense, shooting B-roll constantly, talking to shirtless uh, Czechoslovakian uh, tumblers and stuff, <laughs> Jug- jugglers, jugglers, and yeah. And uh, uh, eventually, like at two in the afternoon, they bring me on. Uh, they bring me in the, in the backstage. I go on. I go out. I hit the X. There's Howie, and there's Mel, and there's Heidi, and. Uh, I'm missing one. I forget who. Anyway, I, they, I, Mel B talks to me for about a minute and a half. And I said, I just want to, you know, I just want to do it. I just, okay, fine, do it. I, uh, I go out. I do my 90 seconds or two minutes or whatever it is. I kill. And they all, each one of them says, definitely, oh, we'd love to have you on the show. Was well, Howard Stern one of them at that yes, point? Yes, Howard. Yeah, Howard. It was the four, it was the four H's and Mel, three H's and Mel. And, um, and then I, you know, thank you very much. Get off. And then they do the B-roll with me and um, what's his name, Nick Cannon. Yeah. And then uh, and then I go home. I sign a bunch of paper. I go home, and then I think four weeks later they said, "Nope, oh, sorry, we're not going to use it." So that's reality television. They they shoot a bunch of shit. They give themselves maximum flexibility. Yes. To construct a show with the proper drama and humor and this and that, and sometimes they use it, sometimes they don't. So I tried to get on another. Uh, this the following season. Can I just ask how? So how confident were you that you were going to be? I mean, did it come as a complete shock that they mm-hmm. didn't use this? Did, were you fifty no. percent con- no. sure? No, I was hopeful. Yeah, but I was also, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of shit. <laughs> I've seen a lot of things turn to shit. So shit. I was like, okay, you know, I have a feeling. You know, it's kind of like what is that saying about when if the jury doesn't come back right away? If the jury comes back right away. What I forget how it goes. If the jury comes back right away, you're you're fucked. Right, right, right. Uh, if, with AGT, it's the other way around. <laughs> if the jury doesn't come back right away, you're fucked. So I didn't get on. But there's another show. I tried to get on again, and uh, they just didn't even return my calls on that time. Oh, the same producer and everything. I think once once they toyed with you, I think they're reluctant to do it again. Maybe because they don't want to tempt to. A, a multiple shooting or anything like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, they didn't. A friend of ours got on, uh, Julia Scotty. Okay, she's the transgender one. Oh, with this last year here, this summer, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, the most recent one. She got pretty far, as yeah. I, as I recall. Uh, what a bunch of shit, though. They ended up having a twelve-year-old girl comic or some shit. She's a singer, I think. I uh, no, well, that, no, that's the winner. But they also had a girl comic for a while. Oh, really? Or a boy comic? I forget which. They do it every year. God damn it! They have a child out there doing comedy. It's yeah, bullshit. But, uh, unless there's Don't somebody encourage the little bastard. Right. right. <laughs> unless there's somebody I know Man. that's going to be on that show. I don't. Well, they really had watch 14 this. million. I think 14 million viewers. Yeah. 14, 14 million for the Tuesday night, and then fourteen four for the finale. So they know what they're doing. Yeah, sure. Shit. It's still so big. But it's one of the only. Uh, as I like to say, now that LCS is gone, it's the only uh, the, the only opportunity for a stand-up comic for primetime exposure. Yeah. And that is a darn shame. It certainly is. Because there used to be Hollywood Palace and it's Sullivan and 
other other variety shows that would come and go, but every one of them featured a comic, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even on a weekly basis. Yeah, but those days are over. Yeah, I think we mentioned last time Wendy Liebman, of course, had a nice run on that AGT yes. a couple years ago. She'll yes. be here next week. Will she? Yes. Tell her I said hello. Uh huh. I will. Uh, Wendy was instrumental in getting me on uh, Ferguson. Actually, okay. She helped me out, so I'm indebted to her. All right. Um, I read a thing. Where are we at time here? Oh yeah. Oh boy. What? Time's flying, Brian. Oh okay. You don't really? want to? Do you want to go an hour fifteen or what? It <laughs> <laughs> seems yes. to be your thing. Yes. <laughs> an hour and a quarter. Oh, the shame. <laughs> By the way, didn't they? Going back to that, you don't do the red light thing. I asked them for one last night. They gave me one at the hour mark. So okay, I saw them. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. No, they didn't flash me. I guess it was Tuesday. They didn't care. You know, what the hell? Sure. I, uh, here's what, so and they get... were, they, you know, one thing I must say. Yeah. They were with me the whole time, this audience. They were with me the whole goddamn time. That's awesome. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a less is more kind of guy. I will, I will, I will, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to ditch. I'll do my time. But if somebody says, you know, oh, you can go longer, maybe I'll do a minute longer than get off, you know, because I don't believe in, you know, like we said earlier, I don't believe in beating it to death. Sure. But I will, I will do, use this sixth sense that almost every comedian, most comedians have, and that is I will monitor, see if they're with me, sure. see if they're tuckering out, if they're tiring, maybe, you know, I'll go to something that I can, that I can bulldoze through, that I can, you know, whip them up again, and then, you know. Uh, so, but I monitored them the whole time, and by God, they were with me, which made that hour fifteen even more spectacular. I couldn't believe it, you know. They were, but I do, I, I do pay attention. They were with me. So. Let's say uh, it's, there's some scenario where instead of you being the headliner, maybe it's a you know it's a showcase thing where there's like four people, you know, right, and you're going third, right? Mm-hmm. The fourth guy's running late. Like he's not in the building, uh-huh. and they're like, keep, keep, keep going, keep, <laughs> keep going. going, keep going. Could how how long do you think you could actually go if you if you were forced to? Oh, oh, golly, uh, I don't know. Probably, I could, I could probably do ninety minutes if yeah. they're if they're good if they're if they're with me. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and then. Would panic then set it at ninety minutes? <laughs> like, no, no, that no. Then crowd work would set it. Okay, crowd work. All right. <laughs> I would. Yeah, I'd just start talking to folks. You know, it's a funny thing. I don't do crowd work. Uh, I will talk occasionally. I talked to the people right there last night, and the people right here, and then a guy over there the other night. But um, on your recording, comedy for relaxing, you shut somebody uh, down. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The guy talk, and I, that was funny because he was really. I was being good natured about it. He was being, good, and I said, "I said, you know, stop interrupting my shit." You know, they yeah. went. And then, of course, the other thing happened, which was the sneeze, which I left in there. Um, uh, in fact, I used it for the commercial. I, I created a commercial uh, for the CD. I, all I did was I took like two hundred the two hundred photos that we took to make the cover, and I brought them all into Adobe Premiere. Made them all about like a second long, and then faded in, faded out on each one of them. So it's kind of groovy because you see this, you know, this weird uh, oh, stop yeah. motion thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can picture that. And then that. Uh, as the audio for it, I used the sneeze bit, which was weird, really weird, because somebody sneezed next to me as I was wrapping up. Somebody <laughs> right over there sneezed, and I and I said, "Bless you, sir." And uh, they laughed, and I said, "I said." That was a man, correct? And they said, "Yes." I said, "See that?" I said, thirty years in the business, and I can determine the oh, the, the, I did yes, yes, I can yes, determine yes, the gender of a, of a man sneeze." Yes, so, I did hear that. It's a funny thing. I don't do crowd work, but uh, Tracy's great at it. 
uh, and she always says to me, you should do more crowd work because you're really good at it. I said, yeah, you know, I should. But, you know, I'm too concerned with just plowing through the act and, uh, and doing the act and, and, and stuff like that. But if need be, by golly, I could, I could uh, maybe, you know, hang my ass out there and do it for as long as I, as, as I needed to. I'm no, I'm no, uh, I'm no Jimmy Brogan. <laughs> Jimmy Brogan is a legendary comic in L.A. He was, um, he was Leno's coordinator, talent coordinator for a while. Oh, yes. The name's familiar now. Really great guy, nice guy, great comic, and a master of audience uh, crowd work. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I I have the pleasure and the privilege of working with him on occasion when I go and do comedy and magic in Hermosa Beach. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is where that's Leno's workout room. He does Sundays there, and that's a that's like heaven on earth. It's a it's the it's a great showcase room. That yeah, you, that that comes up on this podcast. Yes, a lot they, of people they, go work there. Yeah, treat you like gold. I saw this thing. I want to ask. Um, just get a little learn a little more about you, Brian McKim. Uh, I saw this thing. I uh, just said. Uh, is about Jerry Seinfeld. I'm like, oh, com- comedy news. I'm going to see what he has to say here. And he was asked, um, he was asked if he binge watches anything. What do you think he said? Oh, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. <laughs> that's what. That's why they were talking to him. Is because he, he was actually because what, he was at the Emmys watch? and he was going. Well, uh, I got nominated for an Emmy. Do people don't understand my show's not on television. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was. I, I, well, maybe Jerry and I are, are, are similar sensibilities. The only things that we have binge watched ourselves have been, uh, you know, of course we did we did all of Breaking Bad in a very ridiculously short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did Utopia on Channel Four, uh, uh, UK UK Channel Four Utopia. Awesome. There was only one season of it. Mm, never heard of that. Extremely violent, brutal, but compelling. Uh, what else did we do? Well, while you're thinking, I'll give you his answer. Give me, yeah, give me his answer. He doesn't watch anything. Oh, he doesn't watch no, anything. But he said, uh, that's I don't watch anything, but I hear Stranger Things is good. Oh. So he gave out a recommendation. That's what he's watching anything. He probably knows somebody who yeah, had a hand in producing it. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. We, uh, we have an antenna, so we don't have cable. <laughs> okay. So we, uh, but we do have a laptop hooked up to the TV. Sure. So we will we will watch the occasional crazy thing if we can get it on the uh, on the internet, but yeah we we're not uh, we're not into that Game of Thrones stuff and all that shit. Do you watch other people's comedy specials? No, no, no. In fact, the most comedy I watched TV wise was in prepping for my uh, for my attempt to get on TV. We watched a shitload of YouTubes that were uh, comics doing late night spots. Oh, sure. Which is a you know it's a good thing to do research. You know, find out what they did, how long they were, what kind of what kind of jokes they did, what kind of rhythm they had, what kind of cadence and whatnot. And uh, and it was very instructive and it was interesting. And oh, and uh, <laughs> for some reason Tracy uh, watched Gary Goldman's most recent uh, Conan. Uh huh. And I must say that was one of the one of the one of the best tv shots i've seen in a long long time oh wow okay yeah he's a he's an extremely funny guy and he created a bizarro five minute set that uh, i think every comic should watch it oh it's, wow it's inspirational i think i'll have to look that up yeah no we uh we talked a bit last week um mary mack who's a local uh you know his local roots here she just did her uh first colon appearance last wednesday night really yes and you know the name mary mack because she is part of another 
a married couple of comedians. Her husband is Tim. Tim who? Tim Harmston. And if uh, oh. you probably don't remember, but Tim- I know I, I remember the name for some reason. It, I I. Uh, yeah, uh, it'll occur to me eventually yeah. why I know Mary. You'll, you'll see her name on the wall here. Somewhere. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah yes, yeah. yes, yes. We, I think we actually met. We might have actually, you know what? I think we met her in Montreal. She must have done just for last one here. P- probably. Yes. Uh, anything else we should cover that people need to know about Brian McKim? I, did you, was there any work on another book? What's the status of a, is that you guys interested in doing that anymore? Yeah, we, we wrote. An intro and three chapters to a book. Uh, and we shopped it around and tried to get it actually, you know, legitimately published by a real-life publisher. And we didn't, uh, we couldn't get anything going with it. And we considered self-publishing it as a Kindle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just kind of lost, we kind of lost our enthusiasm for, for um, finishing the book. Okay. I mean, in its current form, it's it's probably publishable as a Kindle because it would it would it would be, uh, you know, X number of pages long. Uh, but the this, the subject matter is, I think, it shouldn't be, but it is controversial. And uh, you know, I I I actually in this in this atmosphere, I I kind of I'm kind of reluctant to publish it because I don't I don't want to I don't want to deal with the shit from people hmm. where essentially it's called the death it's called the death of comedy mm-hmm. and it's essentially it's it's how certain cultural forces are essentially conspiring to just destroy humor and comedy in America and uh, you know we have a chapter on political correctness we have a chapter on rape and we have a chapter on something else there's been a documentary that's come out recently pretty much on the same topic but a documentary and a book are two radically different things mm-hmm. you know you you can no doubt you can be persuaded by a documentary and it'll have an impact on you and they have all kinds of stars interviewed in it and such but uh i think a book a book can get into the into the the, the details and the nitty-gritty more than more than a documentary can but i don't know i'm still undecided about it hmm. you know it, we sort of we scraped it off of like 15 years of writing the magazine right and uh I don't know. We'll figure out something about it. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, maybe the the cool weather will set in and we'll get all industrious and uh, you know we'll start. We'll turn our attention toward the book again. Who knows? Sure, you never know. It's it's timeless. I think. You know, we'd have to update it because Joan Rivers is dead. <laughs> but, <laughs> but outside of that, you know, you just got to change the tense on a couple of things and boom, it's fresh as a daisy. Yeah. Just change the is's to was's. That's exactly right. <laughs> or, or you do the asterisk. You know, the end of the chapter, Joan Rivers is dead. Yeah. Uh-huh. Too bad. <laughs> Too bad. Anyway. Brian, uh, everyone should come see you this ah, yes. uh, the raining Thanks, days yes. here. Hopefully they'll listen to this before you uh, hit the road and head back home. But they should definitely come see your act and buy your, uh, buy your CD that I assume, like you said, you're going to... They can trade like a few bucks for the copy when they leave here. Sure enough, ten dollars. Yeah. Oh, bucks. I also have I have five dollar download cards. I went through CD Baby. Oh yeah, and I've got those fabulous five dollar download cards. Somebody actually bought one last night and and downloaded it almost immediately. I got I get a I get a little notice from CD Baby in the email there, but uh, yeah. So uh, I'm thrilled about that. I love the cover. I love the recording of it. The cover's very cool. Co- it's a great picture. Yeah, on the isn't, cover. It, isn't it lovely? And it's uh, we that's, that's shot in our office. So. Tracy has the photo credit on that. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Cash credit. I said I'll even take a check if you got two forms of ID. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. 
All right, Brian. Well, yeah, con- continued success, sir. And, Thanks. Uh, hopefully, you'll see you in uh, sooner than 23 more months. Sure enough. Thanks. Uh, yeah, right. I hope so. Thanks for having me. Thank on. you.